Hi friends, welcome. I just finished up yet another Instagram live experience. Very laid back one, as I do. And we spoke about being late. Uh, I had a lovely conversation with the people who showed up about people who are late, why they're late, the effects of being late, the struggle with having good motivations, but those things not manifesting themselves (laughs) and results and being a reliable person. I read off a blog post that I came across by Seth Godin that he wrote recently about being late, and I have never heard it so beautifully articulated what a late person is. And the reason why I know that so intimately is because I used to be very bad at being late. It was something that was a recurring problem in my life. And I spoke about how one of the things that broke me of that was getting a part-time job and being late and getting a phone call <laughs> on the way there and uh, not feeling highly reprimanded and, and having to deal with that situation and uncomfortable with that. Anyway, it was a good time. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you find it valuable. You are live. Hi, everyone. Uh, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about being late. I came across a blog post by Seth Godin. You may or may not know who he is. He's a pretty popular writer and uh, podcaster thought influencer on things such as business and marketing. He has a bald head and lovely yellow glasses from time to time. He has socks that don't match. He's a very eclectic fellow. I would encourage you to look him up. But I wanted to talk about being late, and I wanted to talk about his blog post specifically because I've never seen somebody articulate so well what what it's like to be somebody who is good at being late. What's up, man? How are you doing? Welcome. I'm going to wave at you. Motivation Theory John. I like that name. So I'm talking about being late. I'm about to read a blog post by Seth Godin about being late. Um, so he, he has this blog post called Good Intentions, How to Be on Time. And I think I've always struggled being somebody in the past who has been pretty good at being late. And as somebody now who has 89% conquered the issue of lateness, I am proud to say that because that was a huge issue in my life growing up. Uh, It was something I would repeat, and I didn't know why. And the interesting part was that I... uh, Yeah, oh, of course I know. It used to be shenanigans. Um, What's up, Danielle? Wave. I'm talking about being late. Where was I? Oh, I used to really struggle with with the issue of my intentions versus how they would be carried out in real life, how it would actually manifest itself in the world. I would become late, and all my intentions could not get me to be on time. And this was very frustrating, and I felt like I had to explain, you know, hey, I didn't mean to, you know, I, I, I... I love you. I don't want to be late. I don't want to do this to you. I don't know why this keeps happening. This is, this is horribly frustrating. What's up, Abby? How's it going? Welcome. I'm talking about being late. And, uh, and so I've always struggled with one, how to articulate that and what, you know, how that sort of manifests itself within me and how to explain that to other people. Anyway, I'm going to read a little bit of this post by Seth Godin. I think he, he articulates it really well, what's happening internally with somebody who's good at being late. 
and how it manifests itself for them and to the world. I'm going to put some more light on my face. Oh, yeah. There it is. It might be too shadowy. But what's this? I mean, it's looking kind of cinematic, my lens right now. I need to get that under control. Like, not in a good way. Like a bad cinematic, you know? Like the Star Wars The Last Jedi. Bad. So, good intentions. How to be on time. You probably know people who are late. Often. They don't want to be late. In fact, their good intentions are probably the reason that they are late. They might try one technique or another and even apologize for being late. And yet, it happens again. Me. Me at 16. There is one reason and one amplifying factor. The amplifying factor, bold, bold words, the amplifying factor is that when they're late, people wait for them. And I immediately knew where he was going when he said this. Uh, he says, you might notice that things that leave on time, commuter airplanes, or commuter trains, airplanes, live TV shows, etc., almost never have a crowd of people showing up five or ten minutes late, cursing out the system. For those things, the things that are known to leave on time, they manage to show up because they know it's going to leave on time. That's because their good intentions are not welcome here. So in other words, if you're trying to catch a flight, your good intentions will not get you to that flight uh, alone. Your good intentions might start the process of you getting to that flight, but it really doesn't matter if you show up or not. It's going to go, and that's going to be bad for you, selfish human who would like to go to visit your family for Christmas. And I thought that was, I thought that was a really fascinating uh, way to look at it, for one. I love that part of society. I'm so glad it still exists for us in a world of trying not to offend people and trying to accommodate for people who are morons. I love that airlines say, if you don't show up, we're going to close the gate and we're going to leave. And the plane's going to be gone and you're going to have to wait until tomorrow morning. Uh, and sorry. No, uh, we're not that sorry, honestly. I mean, we would like for you to get on your plane. We appreciate your business, but yeah, we got to make money. Tight schedule. You're just part of that money. We have other people who are also giving us money and we're not going to wait for you. And I think that that is important. I think that what makes people end up being late consistently is when they have people around them who tolerate that lateness. What made me stop being late, I think a fundamental formative factor in me not being late anymore in my life was when I got a part-time job. <laughs> my wife has always been a late person. Says shenanigans, John. My wife has always been a late person. I am always an early person. And I, th yeah, yeah, I think that being an early person is something I've tried really hard to be. I am good at being on time at this point, <laughs> and I'm happy with that. But an early person is the thing to strive for because there's a lot of benefits of being an early person. You, for one, uh, if you did the stuff that I used to do, Lots of creative work that involves showing up to places and scoping out a room or something. Maybe I'm shooting a film or I'm, like I've done a lot of uh, wedding videography in the past. Hi, wife. You're hot. Um, I've done a lot of wedding videography in the past. And it was extremely helpful in those types of situations to show up way before 
anything happen. The earlier, the better. You can never get there too early. And get your mind sorted out. Get everything worked out. Uh, there's that, and of course, there's more interactions that you can have by coming so early. Uh, be- beautiful, interesting interactions that would not come up if you were there on time and everything's moving. There's so many good things that can come from being early. Um, and also, yeah, it's another. It's a, it's a great point, Danielle. I honestly don't like being rushed, so I'd rather be early. Absolutely. Uh, John, I've always associated being late as disrespectful. My father was a Marine, and this was not appropriate nor tolerated. Yes, and the tolerated part is the part that I'm so interested in, because when you have people that don't tolerate lateness, that's how you get people to be on time. The people, when you have people that say to the people who are late, I don't care about how good your intentions were, your good intentions did not make you reliable today. And if you had... You know, if you're working at a job, for example, you show up, you can screw your team over by being 15 minutes late. That's the sort of pressure. Uh, that's the sort of the sort of non-bullcrap mentality, which I think is is helpful. So I don't know how you impose that on yourself if you're a late person. Uh, let's see. I think I don't know. I yeah, that's an interesting question. How do you impose that on yourself? <clears throat> I feel like we're late more times than not, or stressed about being almost late, says my wife. <laughs> I think when we get together, we haven't quite figured out how to get out of the house on time yet. <laughs> um, I think I just barely figured it out for myself in life. Uh, but, but yeah, I think that having these systems around you is important. Oh, what I was going to say was that... When I was coming up as a wee lad, the, what broke me of my lateness, my recurring cyclical process of frustration and me feeling horrible about being late in my life, was because I genuinely felt bad. Every time I felt late, it was, it was a nightmare. And I was like, I didn't mean for this to happen. What broke that for me was when I got a part-time job. Enjoy family time wife. I mean, family guy wife. <laughs> We'll have family time later, right? This is our family time. We interact on Instagram Live. It's a very special thing. Y'all stall a lot, but it's okay, (laughs) Danielle. Uh, I got a part-time job, and I there was one day. Well, first off, I'll explain my manager. My manager was from New Jersey. (laughs) She was she was a hard ass. (laughs) She she was pretty intense, a little bit scary, but I I loved. I loved her because she was well she was she was a good person for one. She was uh in awe in awe what's up, Boonie Serena? Uh we're talking about being late. She was a genuine person. She was a a warranted hard ass and I respected her. She was somebody that demanded respect. She was a Judge Judy esque character, that's what it was. I would always explain her as a Judge Judy esque character. I show I I was on my way to work and I was I think maybe four minutes late or so, I and I get a phone call and she's like hey where you at like, and and so I have to go through this with her, the fact that, the fact that I was only running a couple minutes late but it was like, hey you're supposed to be here now you're sp- well first off it was a start it was Starbucks so you're supposed to be there early and be on the floor working now. So I was 
late. And so I told her, I am so sorry. You know, I apologize. You learn that humility. Going through that process of having to say the right things is a horrible, humbling, but, but horribly mm, uh, frustrating and depressing process that you'd like to stay away from as much as possible. If you're not like a narcissistic person that is like, yeah, well, you're you're late, <laughs> so whatever. Water. So um, getting in trouble for being four minutes late or two minutes late, it made me start going, okay, all right, let's, I can't do this. This isn't good. And, and also, if you care about your team, the emphasis is put on your team. It's put on the fact that you're not taking care of your team and the people you're working with. Now, if you are a solo creator, the problem is, is you miss out on this aspect of things. You're normally, you, there's a lot more leeway. There's a lot more f fiddling room for you to be a little bit late, but it's okay because everybody else is probably late too, and we'll get to it when we get to it, and everything's sort of laid back. Well, that's, that can really make a process, a creative process, a collaborative creative process devolve, and of course it can, uh, I think it can also devolve the solo process. I think you miss out on a lot of efficiency and um, good things. John says, the funny thing is I am a unit chief and I have a large staff and I'm very tolerant of tardiness. Mine is self-imposed. And then he said, I really don't care about my staff's coming and going as long as the job is done. They're adults and they can manage their own time. That's interesting. And I think that sometimes it, it is not about being there at a specific time. It's about what you do when you're there on time. I think it just obviously depends on the position and the, the thing, you know, the thing that you're a part of. Uh, and in the creative world, the good thing is, like, if you're if you do like freelance work, you can do the work roughly whenever you want. You just have to get the job done. So I think being late and what you do when you're actually there is they're two of the same. They're they're two sides of the same coin. Either way, getting your work done is the thing that is going to make you more reliable. And it doesn't matter how good your intentions are. <laughs> that will not get you very far in the professional world. And I think that's incredibly important. And and so I think that I it's an interesting art for me trying to figure out how to manage that. I think a lot of it for me comes down to trying to do a really good job. I've gotten to the place where I really, and I think my mom uh, this instilled this in me, I really want to serve the people who I'm interacting with and who I'm working with. I really love the idea of be going above and beyond on the on not even the work, but the in-between stuff, the interactions. Be being a, a reliable human being, being somebody who respects the other person to a tremendous agree degree, not just the basic respect of actually showing up on time. I think that that's not enough for me. I think that you have to, I think it's a good idea, rather, to show the highest respect to something that you're dedicating yourself to as possible. Do the best that you can. So, moving on in this blog post, welcome here. And the reason, he says, 
the reason this is a blog post by Seth Godin for anybody who's just showing up. And the reason, uh, let's see, the reason that, wait, the reason is that in every interaction, they want to connect a bit more, respect the other person's ideas and contribute in that moment. So he's basically saying that the way I understand what he's trying to say here is there are the persons in a previous interaction, they have another interaction that they're about to be late for, but they want to give more time to the previous interaction. So thus they become late in the next interaction. <clears throat> they do that by spending most their most precious precious resource on their behalf time. What's happening is that they are looking for a magical way to get more minutes in the day. Of course, the person they're meeting with doesn't need five more minutes of their time. They need five more hours of their time. But it feels like giving them five minutes, uh, one, doesn't have is wait, what? <laughs> But it feel, let me, I'm going to try that sentence again. We're going to start from the beginning. We're going to all do this together. Thank you, everyone, for being patient. Uh, I, I think that if we all come together and use our collective brain power, we'll make it through this sentence together. But it feels like giving them five, five minutes one doesn't have is a way of showing them that they care. I'm going to say that that was a typo. I don't know if you, would you guys agree with that? conclusion that felt like a typo to me as I read that sentence I got to the middle and everything felt a little disjointed and uncomfortable so carrying on the alternative is a simple as the alternative is a simple as it's another typo come on Seth what are you doing the alternative is as simple as it is difficult say no say it without rushing and without stress I'm sorry our time is up have you ever said that to somebody uh, here in the middle of a conversation, I'm sorry, our time is up. <laughs> I want to institute that. I like that level of straightforwardness, though. I think that's incredibly important in relationships. I think that you have to be able to be okay with saying that those types of things to people, and specifically your friends. Your friends are going to be the ones who should uh, tolerate and respect and appreciate that the most from you. And, of course, professional relationships, they they don't get a choice on if they tolerate or respect or appreciate that from you. It's what it's going to be. Uh, I have to go. And ending conversations is, a, a, I think, for a lot of people is one issue that can help them. If they can overcome that, they can get better at not being late. I think a lot of people really struggle with that. I have never really struggled too much with that one because I think that I see the value in being able to end a conversation abruptly if I need to, that I have things to do with my time. My time is important to me. And I want to have relationships. I want to demand relationships from people around me that they respect the fact that I, that I need to, I need to um, get out of that conversation and go do something else. I need those people to respect the fact that I don't, that they're not the only person, they're not the only priority in my life. I have to use a, uh, I have to use a polite cutoff at work often when busy. Yeah, and I think that learning a four-word sentence, politely break up the conversation, make, putting that in the back of your head, having it be a... Uh, 
a, a strongly rooted tree in your in your brain in your cerebrum is something that's important. Having those sort of preloaded things is something that's helpful to getting you uh, to to helping you feel like you have more boundaries in life. I think one thing for me is I. I do not tolerate a lack of boundaries for myself at all. And that's what has pushed me to be okay with breaking off conversations. And also, I just understand that that it's completely okay that I I want to get out of it. I want to get out of it. Um it's completely okay that this person doesn't deserve all of my love and attention and affection. That's how it works, but we like to be polite to each other and work together. I think that I'm trying to cultivate a social atmosphere that I feel is proper at all times. I think a lot of people try to cultivate an atmosphere that makes everybody feel good. Those are two very different things. John says, in quotes, I really want to hear more about that, but right now I need to wrap this up. Ah, that's a good one. I like that. Yes, tell me. I think, like, yes, I want to hear more about that. Tell me about that later is fantastic. Uh, or another one is, hey, send, you know, send me a text or um, send me an email. We can talk later, right? Those sorts of things. Extremely helpful. And you can keep yourself, for, for the social, more social bunch of you, you can keep yourself from being late for things by doing that sort of thing, getting out of there. Demanding respect. And I think it is important that you know that you have to set boundaries for yourself. You have to hold on to that. <clears throat> Where are we at? In the blog post. Oh, yeah. And over, oh, and I also appreciate that the preface up to that quote was say it without rushing and without stress. That's another art in itself. I think the way you say it is just as important as what you say. The energy that you put off is just as, if not more important than what you say in a lot of ways. An overloaded truck isn't more efficient isn't a more efficient way to, to move gravel or anything else for that matter. And when you overload your day by treating time as squishy based on how much you care, you've just become inefficient and thus disrespectful. Lots of other things in our life aren't squishy. Gravity, for example, or solidar- so- solidity, wait, or the solid solidity of the drywall. I am so sorry, guys. <laughs> Gravity, for example, or the solidity of the drywall, they are what they are. And I think that speaks to what we've been talking about throughout this entire conversation, which is that you have to impose gravity on yourself. You have to impose a, a, weight, a weighty set of concrete restrictions on yourself when it comes to these things because lateness has to do with feelings. Oh, wow, that's a good one, right? Lateness is... Lateness is an expression of your feelings. Lateness, yeah, yeah. Because whenever I've been late in the past, it always has to do with me not feeling like doing something that I know I need to do. And so I try to push it all the way to the, to the end. Hmm. John says, I just did a video on time management and removing distractions and saying no. I've been noticed you've been doing a, a lot of content like that recently. I want to watch more of it. I'm going to go check it out after this. I will. <clears throat> so, for everyone who doesn't have a part, 
part-time job and you're lucky enough that you don't have to worry about having a part-time job maybe you're like a, you're a creator and you are you know maybe you're a freelance creator like many of us out there i think that you have to find a way to put these restrictions on yourself in a way that is really serious i for i've heard from a guy, pretty popular guy on the internet named Jordan Peterson, that if you're a creator, it's a really good idea to orient the non-creative parts of your life in a very type A fashion. To that you should you should make your meals, you should make your washing dishes, washing clothes, your making the bed, your uh, relational time perhaps all of the other things that you should manage those things as if you're a very strict person and that will help you be a more effective person more effective human more effective human at creating i think that that type a-ness will bleed into your creating the structured part of your creating obviously the creative part of creating should stay open-minded and creative it should stay non-linear and, and kind of all over the place because that's important. But when it comes to sitting down and writing, for example, if you're trying to develop ideas because you want to make a video, you need to have that on a schedule. You need to have that on a routine because all of that will, uh, will help you overall become a more efficient person. And a creative person that doesn't structure their time is sort of nothing meaningful at all, nothing useful at all. You can feel really you, you can feel really good about your sporadic times where you sit down and like you're a musician and you make a song. You go, man, that felt good. That was fun. I should do that more often. And you come back five months later. That doesn't that's not productive. That's not you're not sharing anything with the world on a regular basis. If you only want your artistic creations to be that, that's fine. But understand that your output is, is going to be um, nothing influential, nothing that, nothing that anybody will uh, experience more than that one thing. You have to, you have to put the structured part of yourself alongside the creative part of yourself and let those two drive the train together. John, you ha says you have to be very deliberate and intentional. Exactly. Uh, one of the things that's irritating about people who are late for me, because, and I, I have, as I've become better at being not late, I've developed standards for myself and for everybody around me. It's funny how your standards go up and you expect everybody else to kind of be on your level of standards. Um, that's a funny phenomenon that us humans do, I think. Uh, if they are late, I can forgive the lateness. What's frustrating to me is if they are late repeatedly and then they don't even like talk to me about that. They don't they don't let me know that they respect my time and that, hey, I'm sorry, let's let's try to do this again. And then if it's like, I had a company I was, I, I was trying to work with. We were just trying to set up a video call. And there were, it was three 
instances of them missing this. No, let's see. It was a little more complicated than that, as they always are. We'll put it this way. There are three meetings, and on the third meeting, they completely missed the meeting. And that tells me that, you, that I was not high on your priority list that day. Now, if they were to email me and say, I am, I am so sorry that that happened. I, I really want to make this work. Can we try this one more time? And then they freaking show up to the fourth one. I'm a happy camper. I will not hold that against you. We're, we're, we, are, we are fine. We, we have a zen relationship. But it's like when you're late and, and you're also a terrible communicator, that, is, that irritates me to no end. Because it, it's so easy. Like, if you're going to disrespect my time by not being late, the fact I've set, you know, I've set up things, I've sat down, there's other things that I'm not doing that I could be doing. If you're going to do that, at least take the time later. I'm giving you the easy way out. Take the time later to message me and say, hey, uh, I feel so bad about that. Like, write, write me a little love note. Say, let's try this again if you're willing to. And maybe, you know, and let's make it work this time. I don't understand the inclination. Like, whenever I was late, I was, I was, I was sending them chocolates. <laughs> I was, I was hugging them. I was giving them foot massages, metaphorically. Oh, they're all metaphorical. But I was letting them know that I, I really appreciate them. And, and I'm so sorry that I, you know, that... It didn't work out and that I, I messed up there and that I owned it, right? There's another thing is like, it's so easy to say, hey, I was stuck in traffic or hey, that, uh, there was a, you know, there was a, some sort of wreck or a wreck's a pretty intense one. More like when it comes to traffic, right? Because those are things that you actually, like you can't just plan for a wreck every day. But when it comes to getting stuck in traffic, for example, Okay, well, you should have known that traffic could happen, so you should leave early enough that if the traffic happened, you'd still make it on time. Yeah. So there's no, there, there's no uh, excuse for, for, unless there's some sort of extreme event. If a meteorite hits the highway, you're off the hook. But most situations, in most situations, you have traffic, you have construction, all of those things. You should be planning for those things. So it's a good idea to almost never make an excuse when you're late. I've learned. And the way that you handle yourself when you're late is such an important thing, I think. I think it's so... It, it speaks to your character, the way that you deal with a mistake. You have an opportunity when you make a tremendous mistake or a small mistake to show people your character and make a relationship with them of a different nature than what it would have been if you had uh, never been late in the first place. I think that's a really interesting thing. But I think what I want to leave this with is for those of you who are very good at being late, I get your intentions because I am like you. I didn't make it to this whole blog post. Let me finish this blog post right, right fast and in a hurry. Let's see. Okay, where was I at? Okay, so he was talking about gravity not being squishy, that it's very finite, and that you should treat your time as finite. He says, so is time finite, if you let it. The hard part about being on time is standing up and moving on. 
But the cost of being squishy is that you're not only disrespecting the next person, you're stressed all the time. Stand up and walk out. People will learn and they'll end up respecting you for it. I love this part. I'm going to read that again. People will learn and they'll end up respecting you for it. It's like you have to train the people around you to respect your time and um, to, yeah, to respect you. Because it's not personal. Just as it's not personal when the train leaves on time, the alternative, which is squishy, squishiness, is personal. Because if you like someone, you're willing to be even more late than usual. Time's up. So, time's up. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, um, so, I think that, like I said, the way that I want to wrap this up is that your good intentions don't make you reliable. You can have good intentions. You can be a good person. I can know you're a good person. That's great. I don't doubt that. I I, I don't doubt that if you're late for something that we're doing together, that you are a good person. <laughs> Hashtag times up that you are a good person, but you're a good person who I can't rely on. And what's gonna happen is I'm just not going to try next time to rely on you. And the cumulative effect of that is horrible, can be very horrible for anybody. The good thing is that the cumulative effect, I hope my phone doesn't die, it was at 10% like 10 minutes ago, hope my phone doesn't wait the cumulative effect is that uh of the of the positive side goes one way the cumulative effect of the negative side goes can be equally as effective in the negative dimension right you you can become an unreliable person and then nobody will try to rely upon you and you lose a lot of opportunities that way so I think that, and, and it's so interesting to me how many people who are like my age and older are so bad at communicating and are so bad at being on time, and they're more successful than I am. <laughs> That's such an interesting thing. I, I think that everything works better when everybody sort of works together and they're on time and they're talking to each other. And if you don't want to be on time for my thing, and if I don't want to be on time for your thing, and if I don't want to communicate with you, that's fine. We just don't work together. But don't don't go down the path, and then and then you know we build a bridge together, and then you break the bridge. I don't think that's a good way to go. I think it makes more sense to never start at all. Or if you're in the middle of it. Pick a good time to drop out before you start becoming more late, before you start, uh, before everything starts to go crazy and becomes frustrating. So anyway, those are my thoughts on being late this evening. I would love to hear your thoughts upon being late. Message me. This is good water. I had a great smoothie before I started this thing. It had strawberries, pineapples blueberries. I've been heavily on the smoothie life recently. Uh, it ha I love the idea of drinking nutrients that I don't even have to digest. It's just in there, goes into my liver, my kidneys, my brain. Uh, 
disperses all the way through to my toes. I have pineapples in my toes. Do you have pineapples in your toes? This was a good chat, John. I'll get out of here before my phone dies. Thanks, people. See you, John. Have a good night, man.